Praise the Lord. You are listening to Have Dominion Podcast. And today we shall be looking at Principles of Discipleship Part 1. Principles of Discipleship Part 1. Let's remember our anchor scripture is from Matthew chapter 28 from verse 18 to 20 and Mark chapter 16 from verse 15 to 20. Let me read. Matthew 28 from verse 18 to 20. And Jesus said unto them, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. In Mark chapter 16, from verse 15, after Jesus Christ um, rose from the dead, he said to his disciples, verse 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord walking with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen and amen. We understood in the last episode that if we commit ourselves to making disciples, to going after souls, signs and wonders will keep accompanying our ministries. We begin to see miracles. We begin to see God use us to heal the sick. We begin to see God use us to do great things for him. I want to challenge you to do something. Talk to somebody about Jesus. Tell that person that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, and Jesus prospers. That is the full gospel. Jesus saves from sin. Jesus heals every kind of sickness. By his stripes you are healed. Jesus prospers. You know, that the Bible says that we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. If you tell people that Jesus saves, he saves them. If you tell people that Jesus heals, he heals them. Because he confirms his word with signs following. If you tell people that Jesus prospers, he gives them jobs. You pray for them for financial breakthroughs, they get financial breakthroughs. Because... Jesus Christ will always stand behind his word to perform it. Amen. Let me share a little bit of my testimony. I'm going to be getting some principles. I'm going to be teaching on the principles of discipleship today. Let me share a testimony. I am a product of discipleship. I am a product of discipleship. If I was not discipled by all the people that took their time, that invested their time and energy and resources, in my life, I will not be who I am today. I promise you, I will not be who I am today. I got saved in the year 1996. I was 11 years old at that time. Uh, a friend of mine, my childhood friend, Arinze Achibo, invited me to a fellowship. And I got to that fellowship and I got born again. So you don't know, just by inviting someone to church, that, that could be the greatest gift you've ever given that person. 
that brother did not preach the gospel to me he just invited me to church and when i got there i got born again now two of my sunday school teachers in the anglican children's ministry brother joseph Mwobodo and brother emeka who began to invest their time energy and resources to teach me to encourage me and to develop the call of god on my life they saw the call of god i will never forget um brother joseph those early days would tell me sam god is going to use you mightily god is going to use you mightily you know those guys invested you may not believe it but i got saved i only became uh, joined the pentecostal church in 2014 <coughs> excuse me i joined the pentecostal church in 2014 i've always been an anglican god is doing great things in every denomination let me take a sip of water Hallelujah. Man shall not live by bread alone, <laughs> but, but by water also. <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking. Yeah. Now, Brother Joseph and Brother Emeka, they, they were teaching in, the, in our children's church. They identified the call of God in my life. This is one of the principles I'll be talking about later, the principle of identification, you know, uh, to identify the call of God on people's lives. So, When I got saved in 1996, uh, the brothers, Brother Joseph, Brother Emeka, they began to disciple me. Now they taught me how to lead a holy life. I remember Brother Emeka, every time he, he, he picks the Bible, you can, you can guess and get it 100% of the time. He's about to talk about living a holy life. He's about to talk about the rapture. He's about to talk about heaven. He's about to talk about hellfire. That brother taught me how to live a holy life. He was a very humble guy. I've never seen someone as humble as that uh, brother. His, his humility really, you know, touched our lives as children. You know, the, the, I can see picture the way he looks. He's so gentle, that brother. You know, so he taught me how to live this holy life. He taught me how to, uh, you know, how to relate with the opposite sex. He taught me a lot of things. Now, he taught me how to pray. And how to read the Bible. I remember Brother Joseph taught me how to preach. One of those days when he was teaching us how to preach, those guys they went to some form of Bible school, some informal Bible school. So whatever they were learning in those Bible school, they were teaching us. You know, I'm going to talk about that principle. It's called the principle of responsibility. It's one of the principles of discipleship. The principle of responsibility. You know, whatever you teach your disciple, you must make them teach other people. So this brother who called us were three of us then there was Arinze there was Emeka and myself it was in, I can still remember that day we were using the children's church um, facility and we were sitting there in church and this brother would call us we would take we used, we used to take turns to preach now he would tell the two other guys one of them should be pretending like he's sleeping and uninterested in what the other person is saying and tell the other person to you know to to be laughing when you are preaching so he was just training us to learn how to continue preaching even when people look like they're not interested so this, the other guy will pretend like he's sleeping the other guy will be pretend like he's not interested he'll just be laughing but you must keep preaching you must not be distracted he will teach us after teaching after you preach he will correct you and tell you do this don't do that you know that was i wonder if people will get the opportunity to do this for other people in this day and age. Brother Joseph taught me how to preach. 
1998, I was 13 year old. Brother Emeka prepared the sermon notes I used to preach my first sermon in a church. I preached. I was invited um, to preach in a Methodist church. I think they were having some children harvest Thanksgiving service, so I was called to preach. Uh, they invited. They told him to bring one of the boys from his children's church to come preach. He told me, I didn't have a suit. He went and uh, got me a used suit, second-hand suit, and took it to the laundry. And still remember, it was a blue uh, blazer, double-breasted, blue one. He bought me, he got me that blazer. He took it to the laundry and washed it. And I remember the shoe I was wearing that day. I borrowed it from another guy. And that brother is now, now lives in the UAE. I borrowed this the shoe I used. Remember those days we were so poor. My family were. Uh, I come from a very humble background, you know. So I borrowed the shoe that I used to preach, and Brother Emeka gave me a suit to preach that day. I still remember the way I was looking that day. He gave me a sermon note. I rehearsed the sermon note. I didn't know how to prepare a sermon. He prepared that uh, sermon note for me and I preached. I think halfway uh, the time they gave me, uh, but I used only half of the time and I was dry. I was done. <laughs> you know, it was a great start. You know, I was so, I was panicking. I saw my uh, science teacher sitting on the front row and I knew that man was a preacher. So I became so intimidated. You know, I was. Uh, my body was shaking. I had to hold on to the pillar of a church, of the church building, so I wouldn't fall. You know, so it was just a funny experience. So he taught me how to preach, prepared me for the first preaching, and I've been preaching since then. When I came back, he encouraged me. I kept preaching. You know, then the same year, uh, in 1996, still in 1996, God brought another brother into my life. His name is brother innocent he has gone to be with the lord so brother innocent began to disciple me and two of my friends uh teaching us how to pray teaching us how to go out for evangelism he will go out uh, for soul winning with us teach us how to do it and uh, that brother he is a man of prayer that guy will pray and the rule was is either you are standing to pray or you are kneeling down to pray you're not allowed to sit down we'll come on monday we'll pray from four o'clock to six p.m every monday then on Wednesday, we'll come again, pray from 4 o'clock to 6 p.m. and join the evening service. On Monday after 6 p.m., we join the youth fellowship. We were spending the whole of our day in church. The whole of the week, we spend every day we have something to do in church. If Brother Joseph does not want you, Brother Emeka will want you. If Brother Emeka does not want you, Brother Innocent will want you to pray with him. So those guys were teaching us how to pray. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we prayed for two hours. They gave us opportunities to preach. You know, and the, those three guys, the, those three mentors, they belong to a fellowship called the Evangelical Fellowship in the Anglican Communion. So those guys made sure we went through the follow-up discipleship classes that was held every Tuesday evening for almost one year. They took us, they taught us about the assurance of salvation, they taught us about the new birth, they taught us how to overcome temptation. We taught, learned about the gift of the Holy Spirit. We learned about the five-word ministry. We learned about soul winning. We learned about prayer. We learned about giving. Everything you can think about. By the end of that one year, my spiritual foundation was so solid. And I began to invite other people. I would go win souls. And I would invite them to the fellowship. And I would start the course with them again just to encourage them. So I, I did that course until I knew all of the scriptures that they quoted you know by the time the, the 
I could almost recite all of the scriptures. Talk about having a solid foundation. That gave me a solid spiritual foundation. By the time I was 13 years old, I co-founded a fellowship in my high school. I co-founded a fellowship in my high school. That fellowship is still existing today, I think. It's called the Fellowship of Christian Students. And three of us, the three guys that uh, were these brothers were discipling, myself, Emeka and Arinze, we became the leaders of that fellowship. Uh, Emeka was the president. I refused to be the president, even though it was my idea to start the fellowship. Uh, I was prayer coordinator. Arinze was the vice president. Three of us were running that fellowship. The entire school was revived. They had a revival by some three 13-year and 14-year-old boys. Amen. God began to use us. From that time, wherever I went, I have been a leader. Everywhere I go, I know something will pick me from the back seat to the uh, you know to 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 the front row. The you know my spiritual foundation was so solid because somebody took time to disciple me. I have never gone back to the world. I have never needed to recommit my life to Jesus since that time because somebody invested his time, his energy, and his resources. Those guys sacrificed their businesses. I remember their businesses were not doing very well because most of the time their shops were closed. They had, uh, they were running chemists, uh, uh, pharmaceutical drug stores, you know. But most of the time, it's either they are taking the kids for uh, holiday camps or they're going soul winning or they're teaching us how to preach. Their shops were locked. Those guys were struggling in the finances. They didn't know any better then you know but they were so sold out committed they believe in our future nobody is too young or too old to be discipled i was 11 year old and 13 year old you know and these guys believe in us they invested time they invested time and all of those people they invested i can name them my younger brother is a pastor he has he's raising the dead now you know he's doing very well in the ministry he's prospering his business myself Emeka uh, is now in the UAE. Arinze is married with three kids now. He's working in an NGO. He's still a solid believer. Still doing great things for God. I can name most of us are married and doing great things, still in the faith. Those guys sacrificed their time to make sure that we had a very bright future with Jesus Christ. So nobody is too young. Nobody is too old to be discipled. You don't know the potential of a person until he has been discipled. You don't know the value. You need to see the way we are living in our house. Nobody believed that God will be using me today to speak to you. Nobody believed we were so poor that even the poor people were calling us poor. We were so poor. Amen. I don't even want to talk about it now. But those guys did not look at our background. They saw the future. God revealed to them where he is taking us. And they sacrificed a lot to you know until Christ was formed in us so let me quickly tell you some of the fundamental principles of discipleship some fundamental principles of this discipleship number one principle is the principle of divine commandment making disciple is not a divine suggestion <laughs> it's a divine commandment <coughs> excuse me making disciple is not a divine suggestion it's a divine commandment hallelujah 
So we are called to make disciples. So it's a commandment by Jesus Christ, the head of the church. He commanded us to make disciples. So it's not something you do when you like it. It's not something you do when it's convenient. It's something you do. You have to do it as a Christian. It's your covenant obligation as a child of God. You are called to make disciples. If you're not making disciples, you are not fulfilling the plan of God. And God is not happy that you're not making disciples. If there's no one you are discipling now, my brother, you need to repent. My sister, you need to repent. It is a divine commandment to make disciples. He said, go ye into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That is a command. It's not a suggestion. So number two, principle of discipleship is approach making disciples with a sense of urgency. Approach making disciples with a sense of urgency. So number two, principle of discipleship is a sense of urgency. You don't know how long you have to be with that person that God has sent your way. It may be one year, it may be six months, it may be two months. You know, I was when I was 17 years old, I gave my life to Jesus for in 1996, I was 11 years old. When I was 17 years old in 2002, I left home. I left the town, the Guso, where my parents stayed, where all of those disciples were. Since that time, I don't think I've seen some of them. I've not seen them since then. I've not seen them since then. Um, that's some years ago now. Since 2002, it's like 19 years now. I've not seen them. They maximized the time. They knew somehow by the revelation of the Holy Spirit that they had a limited time. So they invested a lot in us. So what they invested in my life for six years has kept me going up till now. So you don't know how much time you have with them. So you must feed them as if they will leave you tomorrow. You must have a sense of urgency. Know that whatever you are, privilege is a privilege. You must do, Jesus says, I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. You don't know how long you have with that disciple. So you must give all you have. Give all you have while you can. Do your best while you can. Do your best. Give it. Just have it in mind that this brother or this sister might leave town very soon. You don't know where he's going. You don't know whether there will be another Christian that will follow up on them. Feed that person with the word of God. Feed that person. Have a sense of urgency. That is the number two principle of discipleship I want to tell you about. Number three is the principle of patience and persistence. The principle of patience and persistence. Making disciples is hard work, I promise you. It is a lot of work to make disciples. It will cost you a lot of patience. And in this business, you are not giving up. You are not allowed to give up until Christ is forming them. <laughs> Galatians 4 verse 19, Apostle Paul was saying, Galatians 4 verse 19, he said, My dear children, once again, just like a mother in childbirth, I feel the same kind of pain for you until Christ's nature is formed in you. Forming the character of Christ in someone is hard work. Apostle Paul says the, the pain he was feeling was as the pain of childbirth. 
the same pain women feel when they are bringing a new baby into the world. You are bringing a new believer, a new world changer. Every disciple maker, every disciple of Jesus is a potential world changer. You are childbirth is not an easy work. Childbirth is not an easy work. I learned that it, you know the pain they have is like your bones being broken. The pain women go through when they are having babies is the same kind of pain you go through. It takes a lot of prayers. It takes a lot of prayer. I remember when I was in Bible school, there was this other student that I was discipling. I had to pray for this guy. I put his name on the wall. I was praying for him. I was praying for him. I, if I see ladies coming around him to deceive him, I fought for him. You know, I chased those ladies as if they were flies. You know, I see people playing around. I protected this guy. You know, I was praying. It's so discouraging. Sometimes you will be so discouraged. Forming the character of Christ in someone is hard work. It's hard work. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10, Apostle Paul said, By the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Apostle Paul said he labored more than all the apostles put together. He labored, he labored, he paid the price, he was beaten, he was stoned, he was imprisoned, you know, he was imprisoned. Making disciples will cost you a lot. It will cost you a lot. <laughs> Apostle Paul said, my dear children, so your disciple is like a child. Your disciple, they will make a mess like little children. And you have to clean up their mess after them. They will make a mess. They will pee on themselves. They will defecate on themselves. You have to clean them up. Your disciples will be struggling with habits. They will have bad habits they are struggling with. Some of them will be struggling with smoking. Some of them will struggle with relationships, fornication. Some of them will struggle with one sin or another. You know, remember, you did not become who you are overnight. You did not become a mature Christian overnight. Somebody was patient with you. God was patient with you. The same way you must be patient with those disciples. Repetition. You must be willing to say the same thing over and over again. You must be willing to repeat yourself over and over. You must be willing. Sometimes you have to cry. You cry. I remember in 2018, one of the one man I was discipling. Man, one day this man was crying. He had messed up his life. I began to cry with him. And the man was now crying that he's making a child to cry because he was far older than me. The guy was feeling so guilty that he's making abusing this young boy now. You know, so I was crying with him. He was crying. Making disciples will make you cry. If your heart is in it, it will make you cry sometime. You will have to cry before the Lord. You have to stay awake all night. The person will get into trouble. <laughs> and you must be there. <laughs> okay, let me tell you a story. You know, in 2018, I was discipling one man, and I would be with him. I was uh, staying with him at that time. On from Monday to Friday, he will be growing. We'll be sharing the word of God, praying together, talking about the Bible. But on Friday night, he will go to drink with his friends and go to party and 
you know. Then you come back on Sunday drunk or come back sober, feeling guilty, feeling so filthy, feeling like he has disappointed God and he has disappointed me. And we have to start all over again <laughs> on a Monday. We start all over again. The same thing will happen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, fr- Thursday, Friday. He will be fine. Friday night, you go to drink again, you know, and go to party again. Then we'll start all over again. I did that <laughs> for how many months from March, April, May, June, July, August. For five months, I was doing this. Five months, but I kept sowing the seed. I kept sowing the seed. The Bible said that the word of God is an incorruptible seed. The word of God does not return back to God until the purpose is accomplished. As I'm talking to you now, that man is born again. That man is strong in the Lord. You know, all those seed I was sowing, I thought it was a waste of time. But that man is strong. That man is strong. <laughs> There's another disciple I had in 2016, uh, 2017. That brother would, you know, would be growing, he's growing, preaching, strong in the Lord, doing great things. Then his girlfriend would visit him and he would fall into fornication. And you come back and you feel so filthy, you feel so defeated. I have to encourage him again. <laughs> Sometimes he will go back, he used to have a problem with smoking and drinking. He will drink, he will smoke, he will be caught. Somebody will catch him and report him to me. And we have to start all over again. You know, do you know that even Kenneth Copeland struggled with cigarettes after being born again for, at least, for about two years or something? He was struggling with cigarettes, you know. God, if God does not give up on someone, you have no right to give up on someone. You have no right to give up on your disciple. If they fall into fornication, you must be there for them. You must be there for them, cheer them up when they are doing great things, rebuke them when they are failing and encourage them. You must never give up Give up on your disciple. It takes patience and persistence. If you don't give up, they will come right. If you don't give up, be like a parent. Parents are patient until their children become responsible adults. Until then, they keep feeding them and loving them. You must keep feeding that disciple. You must keep loving that disciple. You must keep, you must never give up on them. You must never give up. Sometimes they will feel like you are disturbing them. You must never give up. Sometimes they will lie to you. Sometimes, you know, you give them assignment, they will not do it. You are not permitted to give up. Even if they, they, they fire you. <laughs> <laughs> your disciples can fire you Satan may use them to discourage you but you must receive strength every day you must be patient and persistent if you, are, if you don't quit you win Satan has no ability to withstand pressure Satan will try to discourage you but just know that you are working for Jesus and you are working with Jesus get, go get your strength on the altar of prayer call their names i refuse to let you go back into the world in the name of jesus christ i disconnect you from every evil friend every distraction every evil relationship you know you must wage war it's warfare discipleship is warfare you must be willing to pray all night in the name of jesus christ i pray you will not have rest i pray for the conviction of the holy spirit you must be convicted i cut you off from this habit this bad habit in the name of jesus christ christ must be formed in you in jesus name you meet them you lay hands on them i remember those that they lay hands on us and they make sure we fall <laughs> you must be willing lay hands on them lay hands on them impart grace i impart upon you the spirit of holiness you will not go back to the world you must be willing you must be willing 
repeat repeat don't give up if you don't give up you will win if you don't give up you will see that disciple of yours grow strong in the lord in the name of jesus christ may god give you grace to do this in jesus name i know you are learning a lot from this teaching series if you are listening to this teaching series i will have part one and part two of it go check all of the uh, messages in the, this series of grassroots please and please i beg you in the name of jesus christ share this podcast to someone let someone get blessed let someone get blessed like you are getting blessed please share this message with someone share it share it share the link to with someone everybody on your contact list share the link let the disciples arise jesus christ wants all the labor the laborers are few the harvest is plentiful he wants all the laborers to be active on duty in the harvest field may god bless you as you do that in jesus name don't forget go to our website dominioncommission.org you have we have books for you to download there all of our podcasts uh, our prayer meetings are all there you know if you want if your prayer life is struggling we have prayer meetings that are recorded there you can pray along with us it's fresh every day pray in the spirit for one solid hour you know there are lots of materials to keep you on fire for jesus may god bless you as you do that let me pray for you right now i pray for everyone under the sound of my voice anyone called sick i curse that sickness right now in the name of jesus i declare that you are healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet satan i command you to take your hands off them right now Take your hands off their health in Jesus' name. Take your hands off their finances. I speak the favor of God upon you in the name of Jesus. Receive financial favor. Whatever you need to be an effectful, effective disciple maker, receive it right now in the name of Jesus. You are blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I will see you in the next episode in the name of Jesus. Amen.